When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Back for another episode of Keeping Current with Kansas City. I think that I, I still think that's exactly what we're going with. I'm just never sure. I'm not totally confident about uh, podcast names. Anyway, with me tonight, I have Daniel Sperry from The Star. And the very, very special guest for tonight is Grace Rogers from the Kansas City Current. Hi, Grace. Hello. I don't know about very, very special, but I'll take it. Uh, we, I've known you for a while since you were like a young teen ish. I don't want that to sound wrong. Um, but before you went to college, um, and Grace has been a, a writer contributor with the blue Testament in the past and went off to college and is now a member of the Kansas city current PR department, whatever is the right term communications department. Yeah. Communications, PR, whatever, whatever floats your boat. She crossed into the dark side. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to think of it as the dark side, but yeah, no, Thad, I'm sure has some stories. It's not journalism, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Anything in this town is journalism. Wow. No comment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm helping you out there, Grace. I'm taking hits at the star, right, man? <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> We are, we're recording on Wednesday night and after the big three week game, three game week um, last week and before the, the second to last game, the penultimate match, um, it was a, an amazing run came to the end last week. 
from your perspective, Grace, I mean, how much fun was it? And, you know, what was like the proud moments, you know, what was inside the team going like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was an incredible unbeaten streak. We were super pleased with the whole thing and it's hard to be upset when the team keeps winning or doesn't lose in the case of some of the draws. Um, but I think it, at a certain point, you just start to kind of start crossing your fingers because it feels too good to be true. Anytime you ask any of the players about it, they would say that they don't think about it. Um, but I can say the front office, we absolutely think about it. And so we were, we were really excited and all good things come to an end, but it's not the end of the season and our, our destiny uh, is in our own hands right now. So we're really excited for our last two games of the season. Because it was uh, nine wins, four draws, and that 13-game unbeaten streak. Um, yes. You went from basically from the bottom of the table to the top of the table in that streak. Yeah, literally. Yeah, we started the the game with uh, – five, or we started the season with five games without a win. And so then to go on that tear and uh, no losses in June, July, or August was uh, pretty insane. And I, if I remember correctly, it's the second longest unbeaten streak or tied second for the second longest, longest unbeaten streak. Yep. Uh, the longest was a 16 game unbeaten streak in 2014. So not quite there, but we'll shoot for it next year. You can start the unbeaten streak now. Right. So, I mean, it's already started for, That's you can continue it into next year. There you go. I like it. I like it. The idea that it can stretch over multiple seasons. Yeah. And I, I think that Portland might argue with you. It'd be invalid, but I never really cared what Portland had to say about anything. Um, it, it is a, it's, uh, the team's been doing really well, obviously. I mean, you're in contention, you're up in that, who knows where the team is going to finish. Cause nobody really, I mean, there's a, the, the scenario where seven teams can end up all tied at the end and every, and sadly it would probably end up with gold differential meaning current was out, but that's a very unrealistic possibility. Although still, I think, I think, uh, OL Reigns win over Gotham officially ended that scenario okay. too. So we can Good. all breathe a little bit easier. Yeah. It's, and it should just take one result for Kansas city to basically be clinched into a playoff spot, which whether it's first or sixth is still an amazing change from last year. Um, what, you know, from your perspective, what do you think has been different? And then I'm going to ask Daniel the same question. Oh, gosh. Well, I joined the team in January, so I can't talk a whole lot about last Same. year. I was watching the whole thing as a fan. Um, but, I mean, the rebuilding effort that happened over the last offseason, I know a lot of people will point to the signings of Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams, neither of whom played a minute in the regular season this year. Uh, but Who needs it, it special players? <laughs> Well, you know, we've got some other pretty special players, but uh, it, it was it was a bigger effort than just adding new players. It was creating a team culture and finding uh, people on the technical side and the front office side who believed in the current and what we wanted to play for and uh, believed that we could set and attain a goal of making the playoffs this year. And that's been the goal from the beginning, from uh, when we all went to Florida for training camp in February. Uh, that was always the goal. And I think now our, our aims have shifted a little bit higher. Uh, there's a lot of rumblings about, you know, wanting to host a playoff game, wanting to win the Shield. Um, but at the end of the day, we feel great about the progress that we made. And I can't say enough about everybody um, involved from the technical staff to our GM, Cammie Levin-Ashton, to uh 
everybody knew he's joined the front office even since I've joined there. And I know you did not cover the team last year, Daniel, but just having researched, what have you seen as the difference? Uh, so I think it's a lot of off the field things that have made a difference because despite the acquisitions of Lynn and Sam, they obviously we've mentioned they didn't play a minute. Um, I, I really think that there's something to the fact that, um, this roster was given a coach who's done a good job coaching. I think, um, uh, I think he has done a really good job of making, um, the, some of its parts, uh, some of the parts of everything there are really, really good. Um, uh, and I, I also think um, there has to be something said for the steps that players have taken. Like Haley Mace has turned into a literal national team fullback. Um, CC Kaiser came here and blossomed in a much higher role on the field. I think there's some of those things where you, I think as much as like for us, it's not a great answer that we can print all the time, uh, when he talks about taking care of the whole person, but I think there, there has to be something to that in my opinion, because, um, the player, the players really fight. Uh, at least that I've seen, um, they don't believe they're out of it, even in the, the game against Chicago. Um, you know, we talked at length about that last week, with, you know, between the, the match against Portland. But as even coach was saying today, like to their credit, they didn't really drop their heads. They kept on like playing the way that they believe they should play. And they did really good at, up until they got into the box. And then that's where things were kind of falling apart in that game. And those are like individual things you can take from that. But in my opinion, I think um, – the, the fact that the players are comfortable in their roles, the fact that players uh, feel positive um, and uh, about the things that they're doing on the field and feel like the coaches are pushing them positively in a way. Um, I did a piece earlier in the year with Kristen Hamilton um, and she was on her goal scoring tear at the beginning of the season. And we were talking about like, what is so different about this season for her. And she had mentioned like, I don't have a coach screaming at me all the time about all the things that he wants or, or, or uh, and stuff like that. It was, a coach that's very pointed in its criticism, uh, but it's constructive criticism, it's positive criticism and positive reinforcement of positive behavior. And as much as Potter talks about that, I think some that like that that is starting to ring true. Um, his methodology to get the best out of the players, I think, has made just as large of a difference as maybe the acquisition of a CZ Kaiser into the team, because you can put those players out there and you can tell them this, but if they don't like you, we think you can do this. We want you to, to do this, but if you don't believe that you can do this, then like you don't practice that you can do those actions uh, on the field. And it's never going to happen. Like you, this is a golf thing, but like you never, if you don't practice the shot, you're never going to hit the shot in real life in golf because you've never hit that shot before. So if you don't, you don't try and hit shots that you've never practiced before. You don't try and do things that you've never done before. And so obviously in a game, they're not necessarily they're not doing things they've literally never done before. They've been put into positions where they've replicated success um, in those scenarios. And I think that's a very interesting way he's gone about coaching um, and motivating players uh, versus the old, um, yelling and stuff like that. I have a coworker who tells me about his, his coach 
for his daughter's team when she was at club level. Um, uh, he, he says he was a yeller. He was a British yeller. And all he did was scream and shout, crack the whip. And that didn't go well with his daughter. And so when he moved teams, you know, to a different coach, then he said, oh, wow, okay, this is a much better system. So I think there has to be some of that too, because like the roster for the most part isn't significantly different than it was last season. And I, and so then you have to point at, okay, so what, what changed? Um, the front office changed a little bit. The staff really changed because I don't, I, you know, credit to Cammy and what she did uh, has done so far in her role, but you know, she did the, this roster is still relatively close to what it was when she got here. Um, uh, without you know, a few, a few key pieces, yes, uh, and credit for those trades. But to me, I think the biggest thing is that that's the big difference is that that staff that's been put into place, um, and the methodology that they've got about getting the best out of the players. There's a long winded answer to get there, but yeah, we're kind of used to that. Um, so you're saying the, um, sometimes frustratingly long mantras and pseudo platitudes that he always gives us actually is reality. Yes. For us, it's hard because it's the same thing over and over and we can't keep writing the same quotes in the same, in the articles over and over. But I think there's a reason why he preaches it because it's successful. And if you keep preaching it enough, I think people keep, people start to believe in it. And I think, um, the article we did on him, you know, ahead of the, you know, ahead of the, the game against Portland and on the, it, him kind of, I guess, in a way, pushing him into the coach of the year conversation, but at the same time, just kind of highlighting everything he's done um, as a coach so far. Kristen Edmonds was talking about like, you don't believe it until you actually get through and uh, a, a match and start playing games. And that first preseason match, they walloped Washington uh, like six to nothing. And it was the, oh crap moment of like, okay, this is legitimate. We're, we're on the right path here. Um, and that's when they really started to believe in everything that he was preaching. So, so it, a method um, to the madness. And again, sometimes the one of the frustrating things is we, we believe in our identity, we have an identity, and we we always go forward. Or you know, some of that stuff that he will consistently say again is sometimes frustrating. But that has also been part of that success is that they do have that identity. They're going to keep going. Um, in the Chicago game when they lost for nothing, they probably could have stopped the bleeding at two nothing, but that would have meant them changing their identity. They kept going and they believed that they might be able to pull it off when it was one nothing, two nothing, three nothing, and make that comeback. Ultimately, they gave up four, and um, that goal differential is still horrendous. So, but anyway, that's it's just been part of how that's went for them. Um, you know, but then this last match, they were down one nothing very late to give up a 85th minute, 86th minute, or 88th minute goal, whatever that was. And then 85th minute. Yeah. And then they come back and score one in stoppage time and they believe that they will win. That's part of that identity. And I mean, I, I, I know they Don't always bring preach that this. chant in here. Huh? Don't bring the chant. Don't bring the chant in here. It's the I believe chant. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't do chance. I mean, from, from inside, you got to see that that's just the way it is. Right. Grace. Oh yeah, absolutely. And everything both of you said makes total sense. And is, I mean, it's one of those things where the first time you hear somebody say, get, we're going to get 1% better every day, you go, oh, okay, sure. Like, yeah, that's what, that's what we want to do. But then the more you hear it and the more that it's actually the case where everybody is trying 1% harder every day, 
and everybody's really committed to the, hey, we might not make leaps and bounds of improvements every single day, but we can get 1% better. You, you start to buy into it. Um, and I think that Coach Potter has done an incredible job of building a culture on this team. And when, you know, when he talks about building the team's identity, he's being 100% genuine. I think that was really his top priority on the team. Um, and, and it reflects on the field and it reflects in the office and the, uh, the way that the players get along and the way that everybody walks into work with a smile on their face every day. You can't really ask for more than that other than winning games, which it's also led to that. Yep. And, and in fairness, as frustrating as uh, some of his uh, answers have been this year, I'm sure it's been just as frustrating for him us asking the same questions, trying to look for a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> True. How can we ask this question five different ways and see what different answer we're going to get? Oh, yes. And, and it, it has loosened up a bit. So it's it has. probably in the third year we'll get completely. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> All right, two games left for the current um, and one this weekend against it's, it's Washington, right? And then yeah, away at four. Yep. Washington. I go to hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's making fun of my Missouri accent and I'm okay with it. All right. <laughs> Playing the Missouri. spirit this weekend uh, and then away at Louisville. Spirit is not very good. Louisville is not very good. I know you can't say that we're going to beat them, but what, how do you feel about the chances here for the current to finish out successfully? I mean, I would obviously love to see the team win out. I think that we can do it. Um, I mean, the crowds at Children's Mercy Park this year have been incredible, and we're really hoping for a huge crowd on Sunday for our it, last it, regular season game. It keeps slowly growing, right? It does. Yeah, we yes, we did. We uh, surpassed our ten thousand mark in that game against Angel City, and ever since then, we've been up in the high eight thousands. We had ninety two hundred at our game last weekend, which was great. Which beat correction that beat the San Diego because previously San Diego was the high. The, yes. the San Diego home game and then Angel City beat it at 10K plus. Right. And then this one beat that San Diego game, correct? Right. So second second all-time attendance. Yep, you got it um, for the current. So we were super happy with that and hoping we can even beat that one again this Sunday. Um, but yeah, I feel great about the rest of the season. It's a little nerve-wracking when you're on the calm side of things to see how tight the table is. And I've gotten a lot of practice doing math on what the possible scenarios are and what it takes for us to clinch. But we're in a, a, a win and we're in scenario. There was a, a weird scenario tonight where if two teams lost, we could clinch and North Carolina, you know, managed to get the win over Orlando. So that scenario is no more. I don't know about beat, what beat get the win and it was more like beat the brakes off of Orlando there it, it, it was a pretty pretty convincing win <laughs> but uh um so so our faith's in our hands and, and we'll take it on Sunday um so yeah if uh, anybody's listening and hasn't made it out to a game yet might be your last chance or hopefully we'll be hosting a playoff game well hopefully somebody's listening otherwise why are we doing this <laughs> <laughs> all right in fairness i just like to talk soccer and i like to talk to people that i like so you guys are both in that category even though i will give daniel a lot of crap once in a while barely well back at you i feel like our uh you know lingering around after open training speaks to that yeah um all right so just the, some of the weirdness because nwsl is just 
one of the weird, I mean, it's like national weird soccer league, I think. Um, <laughs> there's just so many, like so many oddities about how this, like, how many weird results and weird things happen. So like one of the things, like the current being at the top of the table with, you know, a negative goal differential, it's like, how does that happen? <laughs> right. You know, that just doesn't happen. And then the current currently has three players with six goals. So there's no like clear goal scoring leader. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but another oddity popped up in that I noticed tonight is that Orlando who went scoreless tonight have nobody with more than two goals, but they have six of them, six players with two <laughs> goals. They might get somebody to take the, the golden boot leader for Orlando might end up with only three goals this year. I mean, it wow. might be two if they continue to suck, but. You know, it's funny because I think that there is something to be said for having somebody like Mal Pugh or Sophia Smith who can just score goals. They just, they score a ton of goals. But it's been really fun this year to see having three players who have six goals apiece because they all come about in different ways. You know, Lola Bonta, the penalty kick queen. And then you've got Cece Kaiser who just came in and clutched out every game. I think like five of her six goals were game winning goals um, or game tying yeah, goals. Game tying, yeah. Yeah. And then you have Kristen Hamilton, who is just consistently great and who will get behind the other team's defense and just take a goalkeeper one on one and find the back of the net. And so it's been uh, really entertaining and also really cool to see that the team can kind of flex and find different ways to hit the back of the net. So in the in still in that goal scoring oddity is like I said, Kansas City has three players with six goals. They Haley Mace with four and Elise mm -hmm. Bennett with three would still beat everybody on Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even like the good goal, like the tremendous goal scorers that are around the league, like uh, Alex Morgan and Sophia Smith. Mm -hmm. and it's like wow. It, it, again, just just the oddities. And you speak to you spoke about mentioned Hamilton a minute ago. She is actually like my favorite player on the team. Okay. I can't usually play favorites and you know, all that stuff, but I'm going to admit she is my favorite player on the team. Just the way she plays, always going at it, uh, coming up clutch sometimes. And, and eh, she's like my favorite who, who I, I don't think, I don't know if it'd be fair to ask you this question, Grace, but if you want to answer, you can, but I'm going to ask it to Daniel who like, just which player do you like really like go, okay. I'm really glad this player's on the team. Ooh. So I want to give one caveat about Kristen Hamilton real quick. One, she's my one of my favorite interviews on the team. Um, just she's always, always happy, always uh, show she's willing to laugh and have a good joke about it. But honest, genuine answers every single time, really personable. Um, that's really people who just are themselves when they when you do interviews like that is like chef's kiss for media. Yeah. Right. Um, on the field. One thing I love that she does is. She hasn't, I know she hasn't put one in the back of the net in a little while, but what she does with her movement off the ball is brilliant. And there's a couple of times where I noticed it. I'm trying to remember exactly what home game it was. It might've been the North Carolina game. Um, and there was a break, there was a, a, a quick breakout. And all of a sudden you see the run that she makes and she sees this space and she makes this run a little bit outside as the ball shifts from the right wing into, uh, in centrally to, I think, think CC was on the ball at that point. Then she looks over her shoulder, sees either, I think it was Haley Mace on that side, 
bombing down that wing and immediately tucks her run inside, draws the the outside center back in, giving this wide open gap for CC to just play this little through ball into Haley Mace. It didn't end up in a goal, but like it's just like cerebral like awareness of where she is on the field and what type of run is going to open up space for other people. And it's a really selfless run when people make those runs um, that I always like highlighting. Um, Kyrie Sheldon doesn't score a ton of goals for Sporting KC, but he always makes some of those types of runs where you're like, you drag, drag, drag the defender out of the out of out of position. There's a giant gap right there now for someone to score. There is, I'm, or you know, Hemi scores more goals than Sheldon does, so I'm not going to go with that comparison. Yeah. To to answer your direct question, uh, I think I know, right? I just had this is the thing I love about Hemi because I watch the movement off the ball all the time. And, and by the um, way, it hasn't been that long since she scored. It was three games, four games ago. She scored and did the uh, hammy guitar, guitar. She did. It was the air guitar against North Carolina. It was North Carolina. That's right. On the okay. 28th. Anyways, so it's the same game that I was talking about. She scored in that game. Too. Good for her. Um, but no, I, I see, have gone... See why we have to have a third person here, Grace? <laughs> <laughs> To answer your question, dang it! Part of it's oh, you're my getting fault. Part to that now. Your fault. <laughs> part of it's my fault. Part of it's my fault. Part of it is your fault. Um, I, I, I really do think CC's CC's been incredible because um, her technical on-ball skill um, and ability to be shifty, ability to always be in the right place when she doesn't have the ball. Um, I, I just enjoy watching especially when she picks up the ball and just drives at defenders. Like, you know, something is going to happen. Um, a close shout out to second to Alex Loera because Loera has been really fun to watch grow this season. Um, I was at that first game of the year uh, of her pro career against Louisville and she looked a little shaky um, uh, against Jess McDonald. It's hard, not, not hard to look shaky against Jess McDonald um, in Louisville, but um she's turned into kind of a force, uh, a, a physical yeah. force. Um, but her ability, um, to split, to break lines with passes either as the six or in the, as a center back, um, and kind of a more attacking role in the center back, uh, her passing array is incredible for a 22 year old, uh, center back or 23, I forget I'm not making her older than she really is in it but anyways a rookie center back making those kinds of uh that her comfortability when she is on the ball um combined with her defensive skills and that kind of feisty uh willing to get stuck in attitude she's going to be a force for a while i think um in the nwsl and i don't i maybe next world cup cycle do you think about kind of throwing her into the women's national team mix because I, if she keeps progressing this way because i really do like what i see from her and she's kind of got all the skill sets that you would kind of dream of in a center back um or maybe even as a six as a true holding six and she might end up being like a julie Ertz that kind of does both of those could be she is one of my favorite players also uh and actually if i was gonna have to list farther down that depth chart of favorite players she's right there not far down below hammy uh, are you would, would you be afraid to answer that question about which one are you, which ones are your favorite players to watch maybe uh, i don't I want put you in a bad spot discla- i might have to give a disclaimer longer than daniel's in order to, to answer the question but i don't think um, we have that much time longer than daniel's <laughs> i told you we but can restart say, this like, <laughs> it's it's been really fun to see how the formation has changed and how the team's adjusted since Claire Lavoje joined the team over the summer. Um, you know, they've kind of 
toyed with playing her up top kind of where Cece was. And then last game they flipped it and put Cece back up top and Claire kind of more in the midfield. Um, and it, I think that she is super fun to watch. Her technical skill on the ball is incredible. And I love that she's not afraid to just take a shot. And sometimes like in our away game against North Carolina, against all odds, it hits the back of the net and everybody goes crazy. Um, so she's been super fun to watch, but honestly, I, I think that just like the attitude of this team and the fact that they don't give up in any game and they aren't satisfied with a one nil win, they want to make it two nil. Um, even though we've had a lot of one nil wins or one goal wins, but just the, that, that makes everybody fun to watch. I don't think there's a single player on the team where I go, Oh, I'm not going to pay attention when they have the ball because you never know what they're going to do. A, a very diplomatic, uh, communications answer there, Grace. <laughs> Thank you. Which is what I expected. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just challenging you to, to grow in your game as well. Uh, mm, all right. Okay. We, we only have about five minutes left before um, I get kicked off the free Zoom. Um, this weekend against the Spirit, uh, what do you, is there a prediction that you're going to make there, Grace? I'm going to go with you. Ooh, I have a great feeling about this game. I think that the fans are going to show up. I think that it's going to energize the players and um, I, I think, I think we're going to win. I don't, I don't ever put a score line on it because I'm always wrong, but I'll put a result on it. I think we're going to win and we're going to clinch our playoff spot. Daniel. One I minute. Was right on the, I was right on the score line last week um, when I said one, one draw. Uh, so I am on this one. I'm going to give uh, the Kansas city current their first multiple win of the season. I say it's a two nothing win. Um, I, my key to this, I think the key to the current performance, um, going back to the way they beat OL rain, I know they didn't score the goal necessarily, but they pummeled them to, to death in possession, um, and kept the ball away from them very well. Um, and I think, uh, the spirit who are playing in 30 minutes, uh, against angel city, um, in LA, and then we'll be traveling to Kansas City to play again in uh, a slightly warmer Sunday. Uh, I think that that the, the possession can, as we've seen in the sporting possession, um, kills teams that need to press and want the ball. They're going to want to try and want the ball in that situation, and I think that's going to play into the current's hands, um, who haven't had the short week and the Spirit have. But I think that if they possess them like that, like they did against Rain when Rain visited uh, Kansas City, I think that's going to be very fruitful for the current's uh, chances. And I, like I said, I think a two nothing win, um, in relatively dominant fashion for the ladies in red in Heartland Red. Ooh, since we're not too deal. branding, we love to hear it. You're welcome. Yeah, I suck at that. Fact my wife says she loves my, my wife says she loves the colors. Every single time she sees the logo, she's like, you can totally tell a girl designed it. Those colors are just great. They're on point. So. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with a multiple goal performance for Kansas City. Also, I'm not sure if I'm going to say uh, 2-0 or anything like that because they have just not done that this year. But I think they will rebound with a uh, a little bit of a vengeance after having dropped the the game in Chicago and maybe not gotten the result they wanted to here because they were so tired. So I, I kind of feel like they will come out and some of those uh, tied goal scores might change, or maybe they all score. Who knows? Um, 
that's the way it happened in the in the North Carolina game right where we won four three we kept being like hey somebody has the record finally and then we ended in a three-way tie again yeah so maybe that might be again this weekend it might be a three two or something I mean but if it's a three two I think Washington only scores one goal so All right, on that moment of silence. Is that an own goal prediction? <laughs> well, you know, I was gonna say that has worse. that has very like Harry Potter, uh Ireland wins, but crumb catches the snitch energy to it there, Thad. <laughs> well, that was a deeper cut than I was expecting. Um <laughs> all right. You want me to play the good stuff here. <laughs> I'll have to go verify your facts there, Grace, and look that up. No, I, I, I trust you. I, I... <laughs> All right. We do need to wrap it up shortly. Um, anything else I should have mentioned before we go? Probably not. All right. All right. Thank you, Grace, for joining us. Hopefully you will be willing to do so again. We did not put you on the spot too badly. Anytime. I'm always happy to hang out with you guys. And thank Next you. Next time it's through the ringer. <laughs> oh, oh boy, this was the this was the beginner's luck episode. Yeah, this was the nice. Uh, you should have been here earlier, Daniel. We were like, I got to see our cats and hear the history of their names, and we might oh. cover that in the next episode with Grace. Um, All I have is a cool new golf club I bought. Sorry, no cats. My child was in bed. I have nothing else to show off. See if you join us. All nothing time, else Grace. to bring to show and tell. Okay. If, if if Grace joins us all the time, we can like just call it keeping current with Grace. Ooh, has a nice ring to it. We'll have to see. It actually kind of does. All right. Thank you both for joining. Um, I will hopefully get this posted out there soon and farewell. Mm-hmm.